Second down field, scans downfield, fires to the end zone, it's intercepted, picked off by Nolan Turner, and the Tigers are not going to be dethroned tonight. They'll punch their ticket to New Orleans. This is the Locked On Clemson podcast, the most exciting 25 minutes in podcasting. It's your team every day, and your team, the Clemson Tigers, are set to defend their national championship in the Big Easy against LSU, a buzzsaw offensively. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Maybe, maybe the matchup advantages for LSU. Can I say that? I think there are matchup advantages for LSU. But one advantage I don't think they have is at quarterback, which is a great debate. How often do you say that one team has a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and doesn't have a matchup advantage at the position? We'll talk about that here in just a couple of minutes. I've got great news. Matt Smith here with you. Will Merritt will be along shortly. The good news is lined up this week and next week. So, Previewing the national championship game all the way up to reaction. You are going to have legendary coach Danny Ford, legendary quarterback Taj Boyd, legendary quarterback Woody Dantzler. What's up, Woodrow? Love you, brother. And next week in reaction to LSU and Clemson, win or lose, we have got former first-round pick C.J. Spiller. So all of that is coming up on the Locked On Clemson podcast. Thanks to Will Merritt and all the years he's put in as a player and analyst and fan for Clemson. Uh, So he reached out to some of his friends, colleagues, former teammates, and he has lined up some great ones for us to continue to preview Clemson and LSU and then get the reaction next week. So that's all happening on the Locked on Clemson podcast. So be sure you subscribe wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Google, Spotify, Apple, and more. And you can always go to LockedOnPodcast.com. Right now, I'd like to dig into some of the matchups between Clemson and LSU. And let's start at the quarterback position. Just this morning on ESPN, Dan Orlovsky, former NFL quarterback with the Lions, and Rex Ryan, longtime head coach, Jets, Bills, defensive coordinator with the Ravens, breaking down Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow. You might be surprised with where both of these analysts landed in that quarterback matchup. Obviously, I want the Clemson kid. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to say this. When I saw that Joe Burrow, this is really the, you know, the second time I've really seen him play. And he was absolutely phenomenal. When I, I mean, the accuracy, everything else, it, it, it's absolutely, I've never seen it before. Yeah. You know why? It's never happened before. But I will say this. Clemson's not just going to line up and think they can just go single high the whole game, play man-free the whole time with the safeties covering the slot receiver off at 12 yards. Are you kidding me? Oklahoma? Oh, my goodness. By the way, Lincoln Riley, don't bring that dude to Dallas with you because there's no chance to stop anybody with that defense. But I'm going to say this. That's going to be the difference. Brent Venables will be the difference in this game for the Clemson Tigers. The interesting difference, or just talking about the quarterbacks, the interesting thing is, 
I, I, we really haven't seen someone like Joe Burrow in this LSU offense. I mean, we really haven't. Just the, 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 their ability to do everything, short throw, long throw, crossing throw, big ball, everything. But we haven't seen this version of Trevor Lawrence before either. Certainly not the case Saturday. We had never seen Trevor Lawrence play football when he was down and play football where there was some struggle. And then all of a sudden, as they built this comeback, put this football team on his back and have to mount this comeback against a very, very good Ohio State team and then make play after and also getting beat up like he was beat up in that game. So, like, we we haven't seen a, which this quarterback is be a are you big taking? Time. Which one are huh? you taking between Burrow and Lawrence? You already know that. Is. Well, I yeah. do. But what about the people yeah, at home? Yeah, yeah. Come on, speak. I'm telling. I'm taking Trevor Burrow. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. Out. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I'll do respect to Trevor. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. The kid that is the best prospect we've seen since Andrew Luck, who proved so much to himself, to his team, in the country. The other Saturday night, I got a ton of faith in him. And they're both Rex Ryan and Dan Orlovsky taking Trevor Lawrence in the matchup against Joe Burrow. Now, I don't think there's any losers here. I will say this, however. When I look at the style of play for both quarterbacks, Burrow and Lawrence, look, Lawrence could throw the deep ball as well as anyone, especially when Justin Ross, T. Higgins are both healthy, which they reportedly will be for the upcoming game. That was a question we haven't addressed enough probably here on Locked on Clemson, but T. Higgins leaving the Fiesta Bowl. He'll be back at full go, as will Justin Ross, uh, who was a little nicked up in the Fiesta Bowl as well, but 100%, 100%, Amari Rogers, 100%, Travis Etienne ready to go as well for the Tigers. But when I look at the matchup between the two quarterbacks, I think Trevor Lawrence at the beginning of this season had a bit of his freshman year at the beginning of his sophomore season. There were some disguised coverages. Well, he probably went into the lab with Tony Elliott, Jeff Scott, Brandon Streeter. They figured out what teams were trying to show him in disguising those coverages. Lawrence figured it out, and we all know since the first quarter of Louisville precisely how efficient Trevor Lawrence has been. Now, I say all of that to say this. I think in the matchup between these two quarterbacks – If one quarterback is more likely to go off and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, it is Joe Burrow. But by the same token, if one of these two quarterbacks is going to throw two crippling red zone interceptions, I think it's also Joe Burrow. So it's funny to look at Trevor Lawrence and say, with all that arm talent, all that ability and the the big plays he made with his legs against Ohio State, that he's the steady hand. But I believe that to be true. I also believe Joe Burrow is going to be facing the best defensive scheme he has seen all season long. But we were talking about matchups. The one advantage LSU may have over Clemson is in the open field when James Skalski or Chad Smith, Kavon Wallace, Tanner Muse, if they're trying to track some of those LSU receivers, LSU tight ends, or even Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming out of the backfield, that can spell trouble for Clemson. That's what Brent Venables is up against. And additionally, a lot of teams would say, well, let's play nickel. I don't know that Clemson can change the personnel, because the horses are out there. And the best cover player for Clemson that's not a cornerback is Isaiah Simmons. And he's a linebacker. So Clemson, I think, is going to go with what they've got. 
And Isaiah Simmons made one game-changing play against Ohio State with the interception. He may need to do it twice against LSU. Well, we've been talking quarterbacks here on the Locked on Clemson podcast. Don't forget we've got Taj Boyd and Woody Dantzler coming up later this week. They are locked in. That's all confirmed thanks to Will Merritt. We're going to hear from Will Merritt when we come back about LSU and Clemson and where this run, this golden era of Clemson started and how it may have happened in Atlanta, Georgia, against LSU almost a decade ago. Stay with us. This is your team every day, Locked On Clemson on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's our 29th win in a row. We scored 29 points. They didn't do anything tonight that I didn't already know. Unbelievable character and heart and a will to win. And that's the one thing I told them is they can prepare for what we do but not who we are. Our heart would win out in the end. 94-yard drive to win it. We got to stop right there. And let me just tell you, Ohio State was amazing. What an amazing team, an amazing challenge. But this football team tonight showed what the heart of a champion looks like. To win 29 in a row, you got to have something to you. This is the Locked On Clemson podcast, your team every day. We've got Will Merritt joining us again in just a second talking about how this run of Clemson dominance really found its footing in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. See Peach Bowl in the encyclopedia. In the Chick-fil-A Bowl, hashtag spicy chicken sandwich, years ago when Taj Boyd was playing quarterback, Sammy Watkins out there at wide receiver running alongside Nuke Hopkins And it's so interesting that I think in this world of superpowers, college football superpowers, that Clemson fans, I think, to a large extent, have looked at Alabama as their Lex Luthor, as their sworn enemy, as the gold standard. But LSU is one of those programs that will hit not not valleys, but plateaus at times and then come right back up as they did under Nick Saban, under Les Miles, and now under Ed Orgeron. And Clemson's run of sustained dominance has been long enough where they've seen LSU have this coaching change. And years ago, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Taj Boyd showed the college football world, this Clemson team was out to be physical. And I don't know that it was a physical program prior to that game. But under Chad Morris, under Dabo Sweeney, Taj Boyd and that Clemson team that ran more than 100 plays against LSU and pulled an upset in in Atlanta showed the world what they could do and what they had been doing working in the dark in the weight room. And here it is, fast forward to 2020, January 13th coming up fast, And no one questions Clemson's toughness. No one questions Isaiah Simmons' physicality. No one questions Trevor Lawrence's ability to get up off the mat. No one questions Clemson's ability to run the football, third and one, third and two, pick up tough yards against a top-line defense. And it's LSU that's now changed who it is and gone to the air attack. An LSU team that for years has prided itself on brute strength defensively. 
now is a speed team offensively. And what a testament to Clemson's sustained dominance that they've been able to see both sides of this LSU run. And Clemson has been one of the top two programs in college football throughout. So this game against LSU in a lot of ways bookends the Dabo Sweeney era at Clemson. Sure, he'd had the job previously, but this is when they announced themselves to the world. This is when Ric Flair beat Harley Race in the first Starcade. This is when Dale Earnhardt, this is Muhammad Ali announcing himself, Sonny Liston. That's what happened to Clemson against LSU in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. And now no one questions Clemson's toughness. You know, you know, Pete Yannini and I, we, we, we were talking about this one day. You know, I, I, we, were, we were calling that game, and I remember towards the end of the game that I thought, man, we're, you know, we're in a position to, to be one of the best teams in the country. And, you know, after the game, Pete, and I, Pete made a comment to me. He said, I don't think we realize what we just witnessed. And he said, I, I don't think we realize just how big of a win this was. And it snowballed. I mean, you got to think about it. Recruits started coming in, and Clemson started winning left and right. And, and really the program grew up that night in Atlanta. And, um, and you got to give a lot of credit to these coaches that hung in there, you know, because it was just a, a year before – you know that you know you barely won what you were six and seven. Um, you know you lost seven ball games the year before, and then the very next year you come back and you punched LSU in the mouth. And I, I agree with you. I think that's a great analogy. What you just said to to be able to say that you bookend a decade worth of winning. I mean, you got to think about it, Smitty. Since two thousand and fifteen. Clemson's won 111 ball games. Mm. 111 games in in five years. That's unheard of. I mean, I think the only team that's won more is Alabama, and I think they've won 114. And uh, but I mean that that's just that's ridiculous. It's, I mean, that's, <laughs> it, it's, it's it's dominance on a on a level. And you know it's funny because it was just it was just a year ago that you have you know the school right down the road in Columbia. You have the the voice of the Gamecocks, who's a great friend of mine, Todd Ellis, saying, "Oh, Clemson's cycling out." You know we're cycling in, and Clemson's cycling out. Well, if this is cycling out, then you know get me uh, let me keep pedaling because if this is what cycling out looks like. When you are 15 and 0, playing for another national championship, and you got the number one recruiting class in the in the country coming in, what what part of that is cycling out? No, Clemson is not cycling out. The future is bright. Top ranked recruiting class. Trevor Lawrence set to return to school next season. Talent everywhere under Dabo Sweeney, Brent Venables, Tony Elliott, Brandon Streeter. A great coaching staff that's all wrapped up in their contracts. And everybody is rowing in the same direction for these Clemson Tigers. Not only is the future bright, 
The present's not too bad either. Clemson's set to defend its national championship coming up less than a week from today in New Orleans. Now, it's going to be a tough crowd there with LSU bringing thousands from nearby Baton Rouge. And, you know, there's already a big-time LSU Bayou Bengal contingent there in the Big Easy. But Clemson's going to have plenty of fans, plenty of energy. They'll be rowdy there as well. And we'll be previewing Clemson and LSU the rest of this week with, these are locked in now, Danny Ford, Taj Boyd, Woody Dantzler, and we'll get reaction from legendary Clemson running back C.J. Spiller next week. It's all happening here on the Locked On Clemson podcast. And next, we'll hear from Clemson quarterback, future legend, he'll end up in the ring of honor one day, Trevor Lawrence. Took a peek downfield, had a lot of room, that breaks the tackle, and is still running. Lawrence in a foot race. Will they catch him? Touchdown, Tigers! Wow! A game-changing play. This is the Locked On Clemson podcast. Taking a look at some of the matchups today between LSU and Clemson. And I mentioned earlier, I think there could be concerns for Clemson's defense facing some of the LSU athletes, especially in situations where LSU knows Clemson has gone man-to-man. If there's some motion, Clemson gives away its man-to-man, then Joe Burrow, who has gotten very sophisticated under Joe Brady, NFL-level passing scheme for LSU now. If they can dictate matchups to Clemson, that's an issue. And as we talked about in the very first segment, This Clemson team, their horses are out there. It's not like they're going to go nickel because Isaiah Simmons is a guy you don't want to take off the field. You don't want to take guys like Chad Smith, Fiesta Bowl MVP, or James Skalski, a human torpedo, off the field because of his tackling ability and what he can do in run-stopping and blitzing and trying to get pressure on Joe Burrow. So, fascinating matchup there. Probably one in LSU's advantage. But look, as great as Brent Venables and this Tigers defense is, No one expects Clemson to pitch a shutout. And on the other end, how about LSU's defense? Now, they're giving up more than 21 points a game, but those Tigers from the SEC have been getting healthier and playing better defense of late. A question I've got, what happens if they get into tight situations? Have they been able to focus for 60 minutes and lock in on a defensive game plan and shut down an opponent. The statistics in the film that I've seen would tell you LSU hasn't done that very often, that that team kind of loses focus from time to time defensively. You can't do that against Travis Etienne. One thing we know about Etienne, similar to C.J. Spiller, who will join us next week, and, and I'd love to pick his brain about this, is even if Etienne is being bottled up for two and a half, three quarters. He's always got that big play ability. And if you lose focus for a moment, if you don't fit in the run game, or if you miss him on a screen, his speed can break you. And that means big plays can still happen. Can LSU stay locked in for 60 minutes? We haven't heard Trevor Lawrence talk much about the LSU defense, but here he is talking about what he expects to see in those white jerseys, gold pants, January 13th. Yeah, they're really good uh, up front. You know, they're bigger guys, that can, but they can move well. And then they have a really good pass rusher on the end. And then their linebackers are really good, sideline to sideline, really fast. 
Uh, it's hard to kind of out leverage them, but then also with number 45 coming back, he's you know he's more of a, a run stopper, but a really good player. So he hasn't played in the last uh, I guess like six or seven games. I'm not really sure how many, but um, so it'll be different. You know, it'll be interesting to see how they you know work him back in, whether he'll start or number eight or whoever it is. So. Uh, we'll see there, but then in the secondary, obviously that's who gets all the you know attention. They're really good. You know, they, they play a lot of man to man, but they do it well. You know, they have really good cover skills and just a really good defense that flies around and plays with a chip on their shoulder. Key phrase there at the end from Trevor that LSU's defense plays with a chip on its shoulder, and that perhaps is a narrative we haven't talked about enough either nationally, regionally, or right here on the Locked On Clemson podcast, which is all of the attention that is headed in the direction of Joe Burrow and those receivers for LSU and the points they are putting up and the run that they are on. What about this defense? Well, we said LSU's defense not always locked in, but you know what they do have? They have NFL talent, especially in the defensive backfield. Maybe LSU's defense feels like the forgotten unit in this game with all the talk about Brent Venables and Isaiah Simmons and Clemson's defense, Trevor Lawrence, and Travis Etienne against Joe Burrow and Clyde Edwards, a layer of LSU. So maybe the LSU defense is better than we suspect, and not just better in terms of raw talent. Maybe the motivation is there for LSU to play better. If that's the case, even if LSU's defense can raise its level, what do you do schematically against Clemson? Because If you're like Ohio State, you want to load up against Travis Etienne because you don't want Clemson to be balanced. You have to make them play one-handed. Well, uh, Ohio State did a really nice job of limiting Travis Etienne and the run game. And then on the outside, two first-round NFL cornerbacks for Ohio State were able to limit, not completely shut down, but limit Justin Ross, T. Higgins, and even Amari Rodgers. Well, what did that leave? Well, that left Trevor Lawrence and his athletic ability, and he showed the world what kind of athleticism he has making big plays, not just picking up first downs, but breaking one for 67 yards and a touchdown, which was an absolute game-changing play. Okay, now we know all that. What about Clemson's offense, will they try to do against LSU's defense? Will we see a spy from LSU this time around to try to keep Trevor Lawrence in the pocket? Well, if you do that, you open yourself up to one-on-one coverage on the outside. And even though LSU has NFL-level defensive backs, it's still not a good matchup for anyone to be on an island against Ross or Higgins. And even if You do everything right as a defense. You could see something, a wrinkle from Clemson with all this time to prepare. Tony Elliott being in the lab, drawing things up. There's still an element Clemson always holds back. Against Ohio State, it was that jump pass. Trevor Lawrence comes up, makes big plays with his legs. What does that do? Draws the linebackers in, little jump pass, touchdown, Clemson on to victory. What does Clemson have up its sleeve for January 13th? We put it in a little later in the season, but um, I think just coaches had a feeling that could come in, you know, that could come in handy eventually, and, and it did. It came in big. So I think that was the biggest thing is just, you know, having something in our back pocket, like a, 
kind of a trick play, but not really. It's a, you know, it's not as risky as a trick play. You know, you can, you can hit it or throw it away. So uh, just having that, and then it turns out I had to run the ball a lot against Ohio State, so it was perfect, you know, set up perfectly. We always got some stuff, you know, reserved just in case. So Always have something in reserve. What has Tony Elliott been drawing up? What has Trevor Lawrence been working on? What is the next evolution to this Clemson offense? We will see come January 13th. Clemson will reveal that. And are we looking at a shootout? We've talked to a lot of offensive minds, and we'll talk to some offensive minds later in the week about what Clemson will do against LSU and what you see from that sophisticated passing scheme from LSU and how Brent Venables will try to neutralize it. But tomorrow, let's pick the brain of Danny Ford, the head coach that started it all, winning the 1981 National Championship. He'll join Will Merritt, and we'll have it here on the Locked On Clemson podcast. Tell your friends. Be sure to subscribe. Spotify, Google, Apple, tune in. Wherever you find your favorite podcast, you will find the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to join us throughout the week as we preview LSU and Clemson with Taj Boyd, Woody Dantzler, Will Merritt, and Danny Ford. It's all here on the most exciting 25 minutes in podcasting, the Locked On Clemson Podcast.